Now, I want to say something very, very, very important right at the outset here. And I don't want you to miss it because God's up to something. This series, Honour, came out of a dream. I, had a, I was meditating on the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> what to speak. And God came in and just gave me a dream. Specifically to do with the word honour and specifically to do with the word Holy Spirit, the person. And then he gave me the illustration about Jesus. Jesus came to his town in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. And it was said he could not do what he wanted to do. He could not do what he desired to do. He could not do what he was empowered to do. Why? Because of the lack of honour given him. That started the message. And I felt to keep preaching on the Holy Spirit. Well, this week, the Lord just sideswiped me. I have a prayer room called the War Room. It's a commercial office and Heather's office is over over there. And the owner of the commercial offices gave me an office, one room to set up as a prayer room. It's my war room. I went there this week and I went there to continue doing the Holy Spirit. I sat down and the Lord just said, you are not speaking about the Holy Spirit today. I said, Lord, I've been telling people I'm going to do. He said, no, 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 Mark, listen to me. This is what I don't want you to miss. If you can see a picture of a wall of water, huge, huge coming. That's God's desire to touch this church. It's there. It's in the fullness of its power. But the gateway is through honour. And I sensed the Lord. Some years ago I preached on an unexpected invitation from the Song of Songs. This has the same feel on it where the Lord is saying, I want to come and settle on life. I want to come and perform miracles. I want to come and pour out everything. But mark the gateway, the entrance is through honour. And if you honour me, if your house honours me, I will come in the fullness of my presence and my power. That's where we're going. And so that's why it's up on the screen. Put the, the title. I had it about the Holy Spirit. And he said, change that. I want you now to start a series, Mark, on it's all about honour. And I'm going to, by God's grace, unpack to you week after week. How do we honour Him through the Word? How do we honour Him around communion? How do we honour Him? And I believe as we get this fresh understanding about honour, it will open us up for Him to come. So I pray that you see the backdrop there <clears throat> and that you don't miss a Sunday as we open this up. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you'd help me settle upon me. Let your anointing touch this message do the impossible take the words of pen but you breathe on them you cause them to come to life and light
may you be seen. I declare strongholds will be broken. Mindsets will be broken. I pray the awakening will happen in people's minds and spirit about this thing called honor, this divine principle called honor. Begin to shaft the lights through into this church, I pray. Father, as the pastor, I desire you to come in your fullness. I desire your presence in the fullness. And so I pray and hope that you'd help me now with this word, honor. Thank you, Chloe. You can be seated now. Honor. Say honor. And as Lenny said, um, she was raised with honor. Different cultures are raised with honor. I know that the Asian culture has this strong thing with honor, honor mum and dad. And the Indian culture has that. I remember being in India and we sat at the table and uh, <clears throat> the grandfather and the, the patriarch of the family, they, they, you could see that you, you, they didn't have to say we honor him. You could see the way they acted. They honored him. So some cultures have this thing called honor, but more in the Western society, we don't, we don't have that much. And uh, so uh, we, we need to embrace it. And if, you, if you've got your, your phones and you, I really would encourage you to take notes because I'm shifting now over the next few weeks into teaching mode. There's going to be a lot of scriptures. There's going to be a lot of references and I don't want you to miss it. And uh, you just say these words for, with me, for the sake of others. I'm going to dig in. And what I mean by that is, I really do pray that you hear my heart. I do want God to touch our church in a fresh way. I do want to see people get touched and healed. And I, want to, I don't want to hear about stories of yesterday. I want to see God moving today. I want to see marriages restored. I want to see healings take place. And I sense in my heart this thing with honor, God is leading us into that. So when we say the word honor, what does this word mean? In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, it means kabed. It actually means heavy, something with weight. As in Exodus chapter 17, it says Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and placed it under him. And that word there means his hands became heavy. When you give honor, it's a heavy thing. It carries weight with it. It's not some light thing. When you give honor, when you project honor, there's weight to it. It carries something. Psalm 38 says, my guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden. That same word, heavy, so heavy to bear. And that gives the emphasis there that when the weight, the heaviness is met, it can come and settle upon you or settle upon a situation. If honor means to apply the due weight or the importance to something, to dishonor would be to take the thing and treat it very lightly or treat it with a lack of respect, to devalue. So what does the Bible tell us to honor, to place value upon? It talks about those in authority over us, our government officials, our parents, our leaders. In the Ten Commandments there, the word and principle of honor was mentioned, honor your father and your mother. The Apostle Paul took it one step further and says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise 
so that, say so that, it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. The Apostle Paul was giving a reference. When you live your life with honour, when you honour others, prefer others, honour those in government, the way you speak, the way you carry, the, when you honour your employer coming to work on time, leaving that little bit late at the end, giving him extra at no cost, when you honour your boss the way you talk about them, if you live a life of honour, your life will go well all the way. That's what the Apostle Paul was inferring. As you honour, live your life with honour, your life gets momentum, progression in the right direction. Joshua, God wanted to set him up so his new leadership position would go well. And he gave him a key in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said, keep this book of the law always on your lips, honour it. Meditate on it, honour it, so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Honour the word then you will be prosperous. Whatever you, we honour in life, we add life to. The honour principle points us towards a better life. Why? Because it's built on God's promises. So my question is, what are you investing your life into? What have you chosen to esteem or respect with your heart? When Jesus was asked the most important commandment, he comes back with the scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then it goes on. True love cannot happen without honor. Romans chapter 12, 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor. You'll see that the Bible is saturated with this principle called honor. Give preference to one another in honour. So Pastor Mark, that leads me to this question. How can I keep honour in my life if it's so important? Psalm 143 verse 5 says this. I remember, say remember, the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Whenever God wants to get a true principle into you, he uses this principle of three. Don't walk, don't sit, don't talk to sinners. Psalm 1. He always uses the principle of three, the engagement of progression. And he says, if you want to honor, well, number one, we remember, but not just remember of the memory, but then we meditate on that memory but not just meditate on it, but then we consider, we weigh up. Why did he do that? What was in it? And it's the levels of progression as he's talking. And one of the ways that we can cause honour to live and stay in our life is through the power of remembrance. Sharon touched on that. The moment she got up here and I felt that she was going to touch into my words, she says, we do this to remember Communion is about what? Remembering. No, it's more than that. Communion is about honouring Him. 
giving Him honour for what He has done for me, for what He did for you, that even though I was a sinner, even though I was far away from Him, He still loved me and died for me. As we remember, just why Jesus' last act in John's Gospel, He sat down out of all the things He could have spoke about after three and a half years. He set up communion, set the wine, set the bread, and He said, listen, I want you to honour, I want you to preserve what we've done and I've done so do this and every time you do remember me how will you keep honoring me as you remember me there's a guy in America a 92 year old retired colonel colonel Van Barfoot what a name And he believes that we must never forget our heroes. The flag, a symbol of the nation he fought for in World War II, has a deep, profound, heavy meaning for the 92-year-old. He's a retired colonel, a veteran of three wars, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. He holds the Congressional Medal of Honor, is also a Purple Heart recipient, which means they got wounded. And it is said that he has raised the flag flying high in front of his house every sunrise and lowers it every sunset ever since serving in the U.S. Army. What an obvious act of remembrance and honour for the sacrifices and high price paid by thousands of war heroes. What's he doing? He's keeping honour alive. But unfortunately, how soon many of us forget Some of Van's neighbours didn't want him to fly the flag on the flagpole in his front yard. Seems it was a matter of decorum. But Barfoot refused to take it down and face court action. Perhaps the opposition didn't know about or remember Van's heroics during his enlistment. And one day during World War II, for instance, he single-handedly destroyed two German machine gun nests, killed eight enemy soldiers took 17 prisoners, this is one day, and faced the tank head on before destroying it and killing the crew and he wasn't about to back down now. Through the pressure of the press and his tenacity, his flag now flies proudly over his house in honour and remembrance of his country and those who suffered and died for its freedom. Say this with me, the act of remembering ignites honour. Interestingly, in Scripture, remembering is often referred to with the covenants. When God makes a promise, it's not made lightly. When He enters into a covenant, it's His word of honour that is being put forward. When He makes a covenant, He says, you can take it to the bank. It's my honour which is at stake here. My dad raised me with that. He said, son, whenever you shake a man's hand and you make a deal, don't you ever go back on it. And I said, dad, why? He said, because my name, my name is at stake. Not you, not your silly little quick shake hand. My name is at stake and my name has been too hard to get to. And my name and my respect in this town is too hard. Don't you dishonor it by breaking a handshake. I can remember as a young kid, him drilling that into me. You give your hand, you give your honor, you pay that price. And God made many covenants with his people. The first was mentioned in Genesis. As long as the earth remains, there will be the planting of harvest 
cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. In other words, as long as the earth remains, there are certainties we can rely upon. It's his covenant. After the flood, God saved one family, Noah. And after Noah and his family left the ark, God comes out and he says, now listen, I will remember, say remember, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. The Bible consistently talks about the things God remembers things that we should remember too, thereby holding honour, giving value to. But he goes one step further, and Linny was touching on this with the tithes. She said we can think about honour and talk, but it's an act. God goes one step further and encourages the leaders to do certain things so that they never forget. They never forget him. They never forget his attributes. They never forget his covenant. They never forget his commitment and they never forget his honour towards us. The example of that, we're digging deep now. We're starting with the word honour. How do we keep honour by remembering? Examples of remembering, examples of covenant. And now we come from covenant into acts that we will do to keep honour alive. God rescues Moses and the children of Israel. After God rescues them and his family out of bondage, He comes and tells Moses. He says to Moses, now that I've freed you out, give every firstborn male to me. Every firstborn male among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Moses said to the people, remember, say remember, remember this day, the day you left Egypt, you were slaves in that land, but the Lord with his great power has brought you out of it. And this is the land, he says now, he has promised your ancestors he would give you. And a fertile land, there you must celebrate this feast during the first month of every year. And he says, I now want you to shift, not just by remembering, but I want you to shift to doing something every year. Why? So that you will remember. Why? So that you will remember and honour me. There are practices, principles, things put in place that God is saying and he wants us to identify. He wants us to exceed it and he wants us to, to get this into our spirit as we see why we do all has to do with honour. And he says, on this day, I want you to tell your children, what day when you celebrate the feast? On this day, tell your son, this feast will help you remember like a mark on your hand or a reminder on your forehead. This feast will remind you to speak the Lord's teachings because the Lord used his great power to bring you out of Egypt. My Egypt for me was alcoholism. I was completely lost. I lost my car many times because I didn't know where I parked it. I woke up in the morning many, many times and put my hand in my pockets and all these these dollars would fall out of my pockets. And I would go, oh, I'm, I'm still good. But then 
my other pocket had all the ATM receipts where during the night I kept taking money out, kept taking money out, kept taking money out. My mother wept over me, my father. I, I was a mess. That was my Egypt. And I want to always remember what great things God has done for me. Are you starting to pick up the theme, the principles and practices to keep honor? That's why Jesus said communion. Communion was instituted this, so do this so that you will always remember me. Always remember me and give you honor. So that we will always place weight, kabad, and not treat lightly. And, and, and we can, with practices at times, begin to do that. And I'm glad Sharon got up this morning and not just shared the word from the, her notes, but she shared with passion and she shared with her heart being affected that we do this to honor. And so whenever we come around communion, it's always about honoring keeping remembrance alive and honor presence. Psalm 103 says, verse two, what happens when we forget? Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Which leads me into the question, what happens when we do forget? What happens when it just becomes light? Hosea chapter two, verse eight, for she, Israel, remember the three principle of three when God teaches his word? We see three more things here. When she, Israel, number one, has not noticed, nor understood, another heavier, nor realized. You see it all through Scripture. For she has, number one, she didn't even notice, didn't even catch her attention, nor understood. Pause to take a mess, moment to think, why? Nor realized, come to the understanding. What? who gave her the grain and the new wine and the oil. I won't even land there. But grain in the Old Testament represents seed, represents spermia, which represents the word of God. Oil is the Holy Spirit and wine is the strength of the power. She has not even taken notice to realize that the word and the anointing and the strength. And I've lavished on her silver and gold, wealth, but they've used for Baal. What does that mean? Oh, Pastor Mark, I'm not into Baal worship. Baal worship is on in our houses every night when you've got the TV going. They're trying to put the imprint of the world onto you. Buy this, shape this, I'm going to do that. It's constantly pushing towards you. And you use that on that and shape your lives around that. When they had their pasture, they became satisfied. And being satisfied, their heart became proud. What does proud pride mean? It simply means this, I did it. Oh, look at the new house you got. Yep, I did that. Oh, I see your marriage is going good. Yep, I did that. Oh, I see I did that. I, 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 I. And their heart became proud, self-centered, because therefore they forgot me. Wow. Have I, I, have I been there? I've been there times. How can we not forget we engage in a practice that every time God does something significant, we should treat it with the weight by remembering it in some way. 
And as we pause to remember him, we thereby draw closer to him. We take notice, we meditate, we consider, and we add value. So how do we remember our father? How do we honor him? How do we give weight to all he does? There are many, many ways. In this series, as it unfolds, we're going to land upon all different places that God wants us to give honor. But now we go into the area where I was completely sideswiped. Already planned my notes. Already started taking notes on the Holy Spirit. Already opened up. I get in there and bang. He lands on a subject. If you think back now, when was the last time I preached about this? You'd be going, flip, I I can't remember. It's not a topic that pastors preach about much. It's not a topic that pastors like to preach about much. It's not a topic that that, uh, pastors are comfortable. And over the years, I have even deviated to getting a guest speaker in via video to land on this topic because there's a a real grace on that person to share. But I'm sitting down, getting my notes, and the Lord took me here. So how do we honour? Let us now drop in on a conversation that took place thousands of years ago between a prophet and the leaders of Israel and the priest. Malachi chapter 1. And he opens up this conversation with these words. I have loved you always. I have been there at all times for you. That's his opening conversation. Really? How have you loved us? The people come back and say. He says, look at your history. Look at how differently I've treated you. Jacob from Esau. I loved Jacob, but I didn't love Esau because of what he did. I've been there for you. This is an honor. And then he shifts in verse 6 and he says, A son honors his father. There is that word honor. And a servant his master. If then, he's talking to the children through the prophet, if then I am your father and you say I am your father, where is my honour? Wow. God is big on honour. And he continues, and if I am your master, where is my reverence? Where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts. Well, Pastor Mark, he's addressing the priest. Yes, Revelation chapter 1, 6 says we've all become priests and kings. He's talking to us. And they said, how how have we dishonored you? He said, you offer defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. When you come and you offer blind animals for sacrifice, isn't that evil? When you present sick and lame animals, isn't that evil? 
Try bringing those useless animals to your foreign governor when you need his favor. Will he grant your request and lift up your face to his to dignify you? Of course not. This is harsh words from a prophet to a people he loves. He's coming and going, you've dishonored me. You haven't treated me with respect. And you ask me how? I'll tell you how. And all of this by bringing second, you bring me your leftovers, he says. You bring me your leftovers. Let's paraphrase that today. You bring me your leftover time. I've got all this, got all that. I can rush to church at the last moment and give him some time. You bring me your leftovers, not your best. Remember years ago we had a life group. It was cranking. And it was a particular culture. And their life group wouldn't finish until one o'clock on a Sunday morning. It was going and growing and they just loved hanging out. But the trouble was Sunday morning would come. And you wouldn't see half of them because they're all asleep, sleeping over after. So I had to go and talk to the life group leaders. And I said, guys, you've got a great life group. It's good. But you're going to have to either change it from a Saturday night to a Friday or at least cut back the hours and and finish at 9 or 10. Pastor Mark, finish at 9 or 10. We're just getting started. (laughs) I said, I know, I know. But uh, why, Pastor Mark, why is this an issue? Why? I want you to bring your best on a Sunday, not to me, but to him. Come and honour God on this one day, just for a couple of days, come and honour him with your best strength, your best worship, your best, give him the best, get here early, fellowship with him, touch the people, come in and give him your best. He says, uh, he goes on and tells them, oh, this, I mean, it's hard for a pastor to share this, but I thought this morning, I've got 25 years coming up here. I think I've deserved the right to share it like, like a dad. I've got the right to speak like dad. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even have this word on my heart. It's his fault. I got sideswiped. And, and I rang my wife. I said, I'm just going into prayer. And I rang you back how long after? One hour, five minutes after. The word just went whack. Normally it's four hours for me to do my word. One hour, it's finished. I said, wow. I said, yep, God just downloaded it. So he says these words. If that's your attitude, if that's the weight you treat me, just close the temple doors. Just shut them up. Stop lighting useless fires upon my altar. What are you saying? Stop going just through the process. If your heart's not there, when you come to giving, if your heart's not there, stop it, stop it, stop it. I can tell. When the crew get up here and you're giving on, on a Sunday, and I was just telling um, <clears throat> Sammy if I loved it, it's got to be a heart thing too. When you give, it's got to be my heart. When we take communion, it's got to be my When we're serving, Kathy's on the front counter. Not just something, it's my heart. I'm serving God's people. When you come, I can tell when you're serving, he says. It's about giving honour. Stop going through the dishonouring ritual. Stop going just through the motion. And I know your heart's not in it, he says. Don't honour me. Why? I'm not pleased with you. And then he reminds them of a timeless truth 
that apparently they had forgotten. In chapter 2, he says these words. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure, say pure, offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations. Comes back to honour. Can you start to feel the heartbeat of the Father? Why he's leaning in on these messages now is one reason. He wants to reveal himself in his fullness and for us to experience everything he has. It's love. But you dishonour my name. The message translation says this, I am honoured all over the world. And there are people who know how to worship me all over the world who honour me by bringing their best to me. They're saying it everywhere. God is greater, the God of the angel armies. All except you. Instead of honouring me, you profane me. You profane me when you say, oh, worship's not that important. And what we bring to worship is of no account. We treat it lightly. And when you say, I'm bored, this doesn't do anything for me. Church doesn't do anything for me. Worship doesn't do anything for me. Communion doesn't do anything for me. You act so superior. This is Eugene Peterson writing this in the, the message. Sticking your noses in the air, acting superior to me, God of the angel armies. And when you do offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down. Or it's broken. Or it's useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. Giving to God is always and should always be an act of worship. He then goes on, and we're digging deep now. This is, he's got a place to go. Priest, this command is for you. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Honor my name, says the Lord All-Powerful. And if you don't, I'll send a curse on you and on your blessings. I've already cursed them because you don't pay attention to what I say. The Lord is pleading with them. Please listen to me. He's saying, please, honour my name. It's all about honour. I, the Lord, do not change, he said. So your descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. I keep my covenants. However, since the time of your ancestors, you have disobeyed my rules and have not kept them. You've dishonored me. Return to me. That's his call now. I sense not just for our church. I sense after COVID, I sense there, there is like a wave of revival about to come upon, upon our planet. And I sense before this wave hits the churches around the world, God is making sure that our hearts are ready, not just our heads. He's making sure our hearts are ready. I don't want to land somewhere where I'm not honoured, but if you will start to open up to honour me, I will come even closer as you open up. And he said, return to me and I will return to you. Father, I just want to pause and say as the pastor, I really, really do want you to return. I know you're here. I know your presence is always here. 
But there's an extra weight that when you do come, there is such an incredible presence that manifests itself in healings. And that is my heart's desire. So I really pray that you'd work with me on this. Thanks, Chloe, if you could come. Return to me so I can return to you. Return to me so I can return to you. Where I'm about to go now, and I want you to say these words with me, it's all about relationship. Say that with me. It's all about relationship. So how can it be restored? How can we return? How can we give him honor, placing him first in our lives? The next opening line must have cut like a knife into the hearts of the people. And after telling them, I am your God, I've done this, you've dishonored me. And then he digs deeper and he says this, and he asks them a question. Should a person ever rob God? Now, when God asks a question, he's never looking for the answer. He's moving closer. I love you. I've been there for you. Your time around the altar, you're bringing in secondhand blind sheep, sheep and goats that have broken legs. I can see your hearts. I can see already there's a disconnect between our honour. I see what you bring. But can we get this thing right? And then he moves to another level and he says, should a man rob God? But how? He says, you've robbed me and your offerings and the tenth of your crops. So a curse is on you because the whole nation has robbed me. You have robbed me by stealing what is rightfully mine, what we call in the Bible, the tithe. Even when Joseph was way back there and set the children of Israel up, so that they could, they brought him seed. They brought seed and Joseph took seed. He said, the people cried out, give us seed that we may live. They sold all their houses to Pharaoh. They lost everything. And in the end, the people cried out, give us seed that we can live. And so he took seed, but he said, now when you harvest, make sure 20% goes back to Pharaoh. What he was doing is putting a principle. And he says, listen, the, the opportunity for you to get your life back must be honoured. Give 20% back, but 80% plant and 80% live on. So even way back, that principle was there. He said, what, what uh, the prophet is saying is, I want, God wants to be honoured, to be valued, to be remembered. And he doubles down. He says, you've taken what is rightfully mine, my, my honour gift. By withholding, you've robbed me what's due to me. So he challenges them. Can we get our relationship back on the right track? And this is where I want to land just for a moment and just tell you, as your pastor, tithing has got nothing to do with bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. That is such a wrong, wrong, wrong teaching in itself. The church has got offline with that. Speakers around the world have got off it. When you come and say give to get blessed, man, that's such a corrupt teaching. It's so wrong. You're treating God like a slot machine. He's not a slot machine. He's a Savior. He's a God. He's our Lord. And tithing to God has always just been about one thing, relationship. 
Am I still a part of your life? That whenever anything hits you, whenever your money hits you, whenever increase hits you, we've received inheritances from my mum, Michelle's mum. The first thing we do, tithe. Travis, my son, received gifts from Nanny. First thing he does is tithe. Why? To always acknowledge it wasn't Nanny, it was God. It was a blessing. Nanny, she, she blessed me too. But I always honour, I always honour, I always honour. He knows he wants to keep this relationship principle, this truth. Tithes and your increase, whatever increase hits you, always honour God. And so he comes back and he says, I'm going to give you some four simple steps on how to get this right how you can restore it. Number one, he revealed to them four things. Number one, write this down. There is a particular act I want you to get back in your life. It's called the tithe. He says, if you give me, restore to me a 10% of all your increase, your offering, your produce, your fruit, just by that act, our relationship will start to be restored. I am coming back into your life. The second thing is there is a particular amount. He says here, I want you to bring the full tenth. Say the full. The full tenth of what you earn. So if I earn $1,000 this week and I think, oh God, I'm being generous. I'm going to give you 60. No, I've robbed God. I give 100. Oh, but Pastor Mark, I'm just giving 20. I would rather, honestly, please hear my heart. I would rather you give the Salvation Army that $20. Help them with the food program. But don't, don't, don't dishonor God. It's not a tithe. It's not a tithe. Pastor Mark, do you need money? Nope. We're cashed up. Do, does this church have a debt? Nope. No, oh, I'm not doing I want him to come. I want his presence to come. I want him to get honor. I want you to be blessed. I, I, I didn't even plan. Uh, no, no pastor hops up and says, oh, I'm looking forward to preaching on tithing. No, no one does that. This is the first time I've preached on tithing probably in seven years. But God says, if you're going to get serious, Mark, with me about honor, this has got to be in here. Honor. This is the tithe. It's a particular act. It's a particular amount. And I like that because it's fair. And little Naya here, she might get her $100 weekly allowance. Oh, is it that much? Wow. <laughs> but I know Naya. Naya tithes. How do I know? She puts it on the bank statement. Naya's gift to life. Woo! But it's fair. So for the guy here like Nick who earns $3,000 a week and for Nile, it's fair. It's, it's an equal right. And can I look at my precious widows? God gives you an opportunity to honour Him too through that. This is the beautiful thing about tithing. It's fair. There's a particular place, say place, for the tithes to be returned. Bring it to the storehouse, a full tenth of what you earn so that there'll be food in my house. In ancient times, special storehouses were established in the temple to receive the tithes of the harvest. If the people were not faithful, the priests could not continue to serve and perform their duties. 
Where's the storehouse, Pastor Mark? It's your local church here. It's where you attend and call family. It's where you come, get fed, get messages, receive the vibrancy and the life of community. This is your house. This is your storehouse. This is where you come and bring the tithe so we can function as a church and minister and bless our widows and take people out. Now, over the years, I've had to address different people about the storehouse. I remember having a conversation with some people from overseas and they were sending their tithes back to their home church overseas. I love their heart for what they wanted to do, but it's not biblical. I was with a precious, precious man yesterday, late, late, late years in life, who every month still sends money back to his home church in a country to bless the family. But that's his offerings. He tithes in the church. Now I hear your heart, but that is not tithing to the principle here. Your tithe comes to the church here. I want to do this to protect you, not for me. Your tithe comes here. Now, if you want to bless your church and your family home, back in wherever, give them an offering. Give them a financial gift and save up and bless them. Do that. The second thing is, I've had to speak to people and they've asked me questions, where they give their tithe to other people. There was a couple I saw and they were actually giving their tithe to another couple. It was their old pastors and they were not doing well financially. So this couple wanted to bless them and they said, we're going to start tithing to them. I said, it's unbiblical. This is your storehouse. This is your place of worship. I love the gesture, but give them an offering and, and bless them with a, you know, with above and beyond, but it's not tithing. He says, bring your full tithe into the storehouse. And the last one I had to address over the years was where they were giving their tithe to their life group. Once again, it's a nice gesture. However, it's not biblical. The storehouse is where we bring our tithe. I had an illustration. I was wondering whether to share it or not. But since the Lord prompted me, I'm out on the water now. I may as well go the whole lot, eh? What do you reckon, Joshy? I might have <laughs> need a few lifeguards. A heap of us to give an illustration of what I was just talking about. Can I put your hands together too for Andrew Coleman? Put your hands together for Andy. <laughs> he has been doing a marvellous, marvellous work with men, men's ministry. And... Uh, just doing great, getting out there, connecting all the guys together, him and Gary and doing that. We recently went to an Asian restaurant. <laughs> we had a funny situation. Andrew knows where I'm going now. We caught up. We had food. We had fellowship. We had laughter. Nick was there. It was a great night. We all leave. And as we're leaving, we're going, we're paying for our meals. We all go, fade the distance. Andrew's left there just with Gary. And as he's about to sign up, he goes up. And he says, and they, they said, what do you have? He said, I just had that, that, that. And they said, oh no, all of that hasn't been paid. And he goes, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> We're all Christians. <laughs> and next minute on my little group text with Messenger, Andy goes, pray that you all had a great night. Um, and if you still owe some money, can you go back and pay it? <laughs> And can I say, can I say for a moment, 
I was one of the guilty party. <laughs> I forgot to pay. I wanted to shout. I believe it was John and Bob something. I wanted to shout their drinks and I forgot. But Andrew's left holding the can, so to speak, him and, him and Gary. And they had to foot the bill. I felt so bad. I gave Andrew a love offering next day just to pay above and beyond. And I said, I hope that covers. He said, oh yeah, more than covers. I just felt so bad. But when I was driving away next day, it was the Lord that brought this. He said, son, you know that situation? I said, yeah. Well, that's church every Sunday. Right across the world. People come, have a great meal, great fellowship, come to tithing, tithe. But when they leave, got a shortfall. Not everyone tithe. Oh, well. We'll pay our electricity next week out of those who did pay their tithe. Someone has to make up the shortfall. And that's what we've been doing for years. Our electricity bill this year is $14,000 just to keep electricity on. All these things. But we do it. We do it. But I thought, what a great picture just to show how if we, America, the average percentage of people tithing in America is 22%. Wow. Our church is not that. Can I say? Our church is not that. This is a good church. I think we're about probably 55, 60% now of our house tithes, full tithe into here. But can you imagine if we brought the full tithe of everyone in here, what we could do? We could put on a children's work pastor full time. I would love to have a children's pastor. I would love to, oh, I'd love to do so many things. But as we honour him, I believe God can help us to do that. So let's close this message. Oh, the next thing, there's a particular act, a particular place. There's a particular conversation. Then those who honoured the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened and heard them. Wow. God heard you, David, playing bowling and you're wondering. <laughs> the names of those who honoured the Lord and respected Him were written in His presence in a book to be remembered. God says, you've spoken hard, rude words to me. You ask, when did we ever do that? When you said these words, listen to these words. It doesn't pay to serve God. What do we ever get out of it? You ever heard those words? I've heard that over the years. Pastor Mark, I've been coming to church. You told me if I come to church and put God first, God's going to work. I've been coming six months now and I still have not found a husband. I've heard that. Pastor Mark, I'm tithing. I started tithing two months ago, Pastor Mark, and my finances haven't changed. What's, what's, it, what's it worth? Wrong attitude. When we did what He said, and then we went around with long faces, serious about God and the angel armies, what difference did it make? Those who take life into their own hands are the lucky ones. Those people out there just getting on with their life, risking life, not even in the church. They're the lucky ones. They break all the rules and get ahead anyway. They push God to the limit. They still get by. They're getting married and all that. I tried it. Didn't work. God says, listen, you've spoken hard, rude words to me. You ask, when did we ever do that? He said, when you said, it doesn't pay to serve God by giving tithes. What do we ever get 
out of it. Wow. Even I'm taking a breather on this message today. But one thing I like in life, and I've always told my staff, if ever you find yourself in trouble, always be honest with me. And God's being honest with us this morning, just through His Word. The last one is, and He says this, there's a particular act, there's a particular place, there's a particular conversation followed by a particular promise. But if you do bring to the storehouse your full tenth of what you earn, so there will be food in my house, test me in this way, I will open the windows of heaven. That's a byproduct. That's where we've got lost. He's just sharing his heart here. I will stop the insects that they won't eat your crops. The grapes won't fall from your vines. And all the nations will call you blessed because you will have a pleasant country life around you. And all those who truly respected the Lord and honored Him name started discussing these things. And when God saw what was happened, He had their names written as a reminder in His book. And then the Lord all-powerful said, You people are precious to me. And when I come to bring justice, I will protect you. I believe there's a two-part spirit of Him coming upon this world. And one will to be bring revival, one will bring justice. We're seeing justice now being outworked around the world with certain things happening in certain churches and exposure and things like this. It's happening. But he says, I will protect you just as parents protect an obedient child. Then everyone will once again see the difference between those who obey me, honor me by doing right and those who reject me by doing wrong. These key words, and I close with this, that the Lord values respect and honour are precious to me. And He loves me. Now we come to an important part of the message, and I, I want to do this. I'm just following what the Lord laid on my heart. If you could close your notes. I really do want this not just to be another message on a Sunday. I want this to be a moment where in the lounge room with the Lord, I said earlier, I sense God is drawing near. There is a visitation on the way. He is wanting to pour out His Spirit in a fresh and new way. He's coming to us, reminding us about honour. And He wants me in my broken way to try and get you ready for that, to remind you about the importance of honour. Question, ask yourself now as you're sitting there and we come to this time. Am I tithing according to God's Word? Am I bringing the full tithe? That's just between you and God. Have I held back at times? When I come and serve, am I bringing the best, not the leftovers? Am I bringing it to God's house, the storehouse? Is my conversation right? When it comes to serving a church and when it comes to doing, is my conversation, is my conversation right when it comes to tithes? How is my attitude? Because it's all to do with attitude. It's all to do with relationship. Just reflect on that for a moment. Then we're going to pray. And I always come with a prayer of repentance when this happens. I'm the first to repent. And as your pastor, I have. And I've wrote out that prayer.
I'm going to pray now and you can join in with me just where you are privately. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for not honouring you. Not honouring you with my attitude when it comes to serving. Not honouring you when, with my attitude and my language, the way I talk about serving in church. Even as pastor, at times I've, I've been in fatigue and frustrated and my language hasn't reflected honour towards you. And I'm, for that I say I'm sorry. Please forgive us, Lord, for not honouring you with the tithe, which is rightfully yours. Lord, why? Because at times we've acted in fear. Fear has held us back of giving you what is right for you. We, we didn't think we could survive that week or survive that month on our income. But Lord, please forgive us to move from fear to faith, knowing that you are and you always will be with us. Thank you for your word being shared today, Lord, reminding us of the importance of this and your heart's purpose. It's all about relationship. All through this message, it's about one thing. Can we get back together? Can we restore our relationship? And so, Father, please accept our prayers of repentance and bless my renewed actions of honour now as I reinstate the practice of worship through the giving of tithes. Thank you for your open heaven over our lives, over our family, over our children, over our church, and over our nation. Thank you. We honour you. There's a beautiful song I've chosen just to close, and this is just for our time of worship. So when you leave today, one of the things I find is I move quickly. If God's spoken to you about restoring and working and getting back with your tithes, do it today before the enemy comes in and starts to niggle in your little mind again and starts you to think, oh, no, no, you were just emotional. No, this is the word for this church today. Act today. Do it today. And out in the front counter, you can put there and even write on the card, I am restoring my relationship with my Savior. This is my restoration gift. I'm paying restitution for that. I'm doing that. Could you get that song ready, Maddie? Could you put that up? And this is a beautiful, beautiful song I've chosen just to close this day today. Thank you, Life Family, for allowing your pastor to share this word with you this morning. Just stand. Thank you, worship team, as you come. I love you, Lord. Just worship now. Oh, your mercy never fails me. He's never failed. All my days I've been held in your head. From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will see Of the goodness of God This is his song to you, Declare Cause all my life you have been faithful Yes, you have
together worshiping worshiping I the Lord do not change he says since the time of your ancestors you so return to me say return and I will return to you may the words always be with you whenever anyone raises the situation or the context or the theme of tithing 
and they say to you, what do you think about tithing? You simply respond with these words. It's always about relationship. That's all it is. All of the practices, all of the principles, all of the feast, all of them have been for one reason, so that you will not forget me and our relationship will always be treated with weight and honor. God bless you, Precious Life family. I love you guys. It's a privilege, privilege, privilege for me to be able to share this word with you today. Take it, plant it, act on it so we can all be ready for his increasing presence to come in the house. Amen. God bless you.